This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 79. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. All right, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent. I am the jazz musician behind the website, LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog and a podcast all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. This podcast is really for anybody, whether you're a beginner, you're just starting out with jazz, you consider yourself an intermediate player, or even an advanced player, just trying to improve. We have something here for everybody. And on today's episode 79, I'm really excited to talk all about here chords. Now, we are in the middle of ear training month here on the Learn Jazz Standards podcast. Now, ear training is incredibly important. And in last episode 78, we talked about the importance of being able to hear intervals and how to train yourself to hear those. Now, that episode is definitely really important for today because I really do believe when it comes to ear training that intervals are a great place to start. And you're going to see why in today's episode. So be sure to check out episode 78 if you haven't already. Now, why are we doing ear training month? Ear training is incredibly important. You know, on this podcast, when we're always talking about, you know, jazz theory, music theory, scales to how to play them, how not to play them, how to use them in your solos, learning jazz language, learning jazz solos, all that stuff is incredibly important. But when it comes down to becoming a great improviser and a great overall musician, it's all about training your ears. It's all about having really strong ears. So I think it's really important that we really delve deep into training our ears to be the best they can possibly be. And that is what Ear Training Month is all about. We're going to be doing that all for the month of September. We have two more episodes after this one. But today's is all about hearing chords. Now, I'm also incredibly excited because in October, we're going to be launching our brand new ear training course called How to Play What You Hear. And this is an ear training course that that really breaks it down into four simple steps for training your ears to be able to hear intervals, chords, chord progressions, and then finally translate what you hear to your instrument. So I'm super excited about this course, and a lot of the episodes that we're going to be going over here in Ear Training Month really are a part of this course. And and so whether or not you decide to take the course in October, you're going to get a lot of value out of all of these episodes. But if you are interested in this course... Go to howtoplaywhatyouhear.com and sign up for our waiting list. That's howtoplaywhatyouhear.com. Sign up for the waiting list there. And I'm actually going to be giving away some freebies uh, as we get a little closer to October. So you really want to be a part of that list, howtoplaywhatyouhear.com. 
Com. Go there and sign up. Now, before we get started into today's main content of our episode into the teaching, uh, I got a call this week, a voicemail from one of the listeners, and he had a really cool ear training story for you. So I'd love to play that for you. This is from Robert Cricket. Hi, Brent. This is Robert Cricket Cohen. Um, I just listened to episode 78 of the podcast and enjoyed it very much. Um, just a, a bit of a story. Um, after graduating from Cooper Union, I decided to drive a cab for various reasons to be able to be free for the art, you know, my, my art and uh, music and visual art. And I used to, when driving a cab, I used to bring, there's a book called The Melodia, which has like been around since 1900 for ear training. It was originally written for singing in choirs, in, in church choirs and stuff. So it's called The Melodia. I'm sure you know of it. And... I would be using this book sometimes while I was driving the cab around New York City and um, and then sometimes just testing my ear, like I'd be working on something as simple as Mary Had a Little Lamb, da, 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 you know, just hearing those three notes and concentrating so hard that there were a couple of times that I almost <laughs> bumped into the car ahead of me and just, you know, so it's a, you know, just to say, don't do it when you're driving. <laughs> it's like... You know, I almost got in trouble with it a couple of times. So just a little bit of a humorous, but also important. If people really get into it, you might find yourself doing it when you're driving. And uh, it will take your mind off other things. Okay. Thanks so much for the, for the broadcast. Bye. Robert, thanks so much for calling in and sharing that funny story. I, I can totally relate where you're coming from. When you're ear training, it can really take over your brain. So yeah, definitely don't operate any heavy machinery or anything like that while you're ear training because uh, it can be really addictive and you can really uh, take away your focus. Now, thank you so much for uh, reaching out. I always love hearing from my listeners. I really appreciate it. And by the way, if you're wondering how Robert did that, how he called in, uh, you can call our podcast questions hotline at 910-LJS-CAST, or that's 910-557-2278. And you can ask any question, and I may answer it on a future episode, or even just leave a little story or a little commentary like Robert did. I always love hearing from you. Okay, now let's jump into today's lesson. Here we go. All right, now today's lesson is all about learning how to hear chords, and I'm going to give you some very simple steps for training your ear to be able to do that. Now, you can view today's show notes over at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 79. That's episode 79. Now, again, ear training is very important. And last week, we had an episode all about intervals. Those were kind of the, the basic building blocks for getting to this next point, which is all about learning chords, okay? And why are we, let me just stop for one second before I talk about chords. Why are we doing this? Like, what is the point of ear training? A lot of people would say, what is the goal of ear training? Well, the goal of ear training is to have better ears, get great ears, okay? Be able to hear things. Yes, that is a goal, but that is not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal for ear training is to be able to play what you're hearing in your head. Okay, let me say that one more time. The ultimate goal for ear training is being able to play what you hear in your head because that means that you can improvise better. That means you can learn songs by ear. That means that you can compose better. Your ears has to do with everything 
to becoming a better musician. And that's why we focus on this. And, and the reason we need to know chords is, is it brings that ear training to a different level. We, we started with intervals and now we're going to chords. And so I want to start out this episode by just talking about three reasons that you should train your ears to hear chords. Okay. I really think it's important to start. I always like telling people why I'm the kind of person that likes to understand why I should spend and invest my time and effort into this stuff. Okay. So number one, why you should learn to hear chords. Number one is it's crucial for learning songs by ear. Okay. It's crucial for learning songs by ear. If you want to be able to hear a song and learn it by ear, which is something that I always preach instead of reading it off of sheet music, you're going to have to know what different chord qualities sound like. Okay. How they, how they sound like you're, you want to listen to a song. You want to listen to uh, a piano player, play something or a guitar player, play something or a vibes player, play something and immediately know what quality of chord that is. And even further and be, and beyond that, you want to know, Oh, is there a sharp nine in that chord? Is there a flat nine in that chord? Is there a sharp 11 in that chord? Is that a major 13th chord? These are all things that you want to know. Okay. This is very important. So number one, it's a crucial for learning songs by ear. Now, number two, it will help you hear the important notes to use when you improvise, okay? It will help you hear the important notes to use when you improvise. Now, using chord tones in your solos is incredibly important. A lot of people, they go straight to scales. Oh, I want to play this scale over this scale. I want to use the melodic minor here. I want to use the major pentatonic here. Okay. Those are what I call pitch collections. I've talked about that in previous lessons, but when it comes down to that, to, to, to improvising, you really want to be playing the chord tones. The chord tones are the ones you want to be focusing on. Now, what do I mean by chord tones? I'm talking about the root of the chord, the third of the chord, the fifth of the chord, and if it's a seventh chord, the seventh of the chord, and of course, we have extensions we can stack on top of that, right? The ninth, the eleventh, the thirteenth. Those are the notes we want to be focusing on, and within those chord tones, there's even more important ones, the guide tones, the thirds, and the sevenths, okay? But we want to be able to hear those notes, not just know what they they are, but to be able to hear them. So training ourselves to hear chords helps us do that. Okay. The third and the last reason I want to give today is they are essential for hearing chord progressions. Okay. Essential for hearing chord progressions. We started with, with intervals in episode 78, last episode today, we're talking about hearing chords. Okay. That's the next step. And the next step after this, in, in next week's episode 80, we're going to be talking about hearing chord progressions. Okay, so what do we improvise over? We improvise over chord progressions, right? But what make up chord progressions? Chords do, right? Different qualities of chords, right? And if we can hear the different qualities of chords and understand how they function in chord progressions, then we're going to be set up on the right track, right? We're going to be set up for success. So we have to start by hearing those chords, right? Not just knowing them but hearing them. So number three, essential for hearing chord progression. So really quick recap. Number one, they're crucial for learning songs by ear. Number two, it will help you hear the important notes to use when you're improvised. And number three, they're essential for hearing chord progressions. Okay. So now let's get into the actual training side. How do we actually train our ears to hear chords? Okay. How do we train our ears to hear chords? And so I know I just laid out a, a list of three for you just, just now a second ago. I want to list another list of three because from this list, I'm going to be giving you examples. I'm going to be walking you through step-by-step step how to do this. Okay, so these these are the, the three things, the three ways to train your ears 
to hear chords. And I, and I really believe that this is really all encompassing. This is really thorough. So hear me out here. So number one, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to learn to recognize the chord by ear. Okay. Recognize the chord by ear, hear it being played and know it by name. You're going to be hearing a chord and be able to say that is an augmented triad. That is a half diminished chord. That is a dominant seventh chord just by hearing the chord being played. Now, this is where a lot of ear training apps and some courses stop. They stop right here. They say, okay, you can hear it. Great. You trained your ears. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Okay. That is not where we stop because that is only part of the ear training. The second step is we're going to sing the arpeggio of the chord, right? We're going to sing the chord tones of it. Now, sing is the key word here. And I talked a little bit about that in last episode 78, the importance of singing. But a quick recap, why should you sing? What, what is the importance of it? Essentially, singing forces you to recall what that sound is in your head. It means that you truly internalize it. It's one thing to be able to hear something and put a name to it. It's another thing to hear a reference note, okay? I talked about that last week, a reference note being the first note you hear in the sense of a chord, the bass note, to be able to hear that and then actually produce those pitches yourself. That's a whole nother level. That means you truly have those sounds in your ear, not just you heard it and now I can recall it. It's here's a note. Now actually sing it. So in the case of singing arpeggios, it's like you hear a note and then you're going to say, okay, sing a major triad. So you hear this note, duh, okay? How do I sing a major arpeggio from that? Duh, da, da, duh, da, da, right? I had to create that myself. I didn't hear it. Nothing played that for me and I called it a major triad. I produced it for myself. Singing is really important. And if you're not a great singer, don't be intimidated. You can whistle, you can hum, any of those things, any guttural sound you want, as long as you can produce the pitch. Okay. So the second step was sing the arpeggio. We're going to go over that in a second. The third step is sing the chord tones. Okay. Again, more singing. That's how important that is. So you're going to hear a chord being played and be able to sing the root, the third, the fifth, the seventh, all right? So you hear a chord being played and you sing the fifth. You'd be able to pick that out. I'm gonna go over an exercise for that in one second. Okay, so the, the three steps to train your ears to hear chords, you gotta recognize the chord, hear a chord being played and put a name to it. Number two, you gotta sing the arpeggio, hear a reference note and then be able to sing the arpeggio up from there. Number three, you gotta sing the chord tones. Be able to hear a chord played and pick out any of the chord tones within that chord. So let's go over it one by one. We'll start with number one, which was recognize the chord. Okay, this is pretty simple. It's all about just hearing something and recognizing that sound from scratch. So let's start with the most basic uh, chord I can think of, which is the major triad. What's a triad? That's three notes, right? Tri, triad, root, third, fifth. That's how you create triads. And you manipulate the third or the fifth depending on the quality. Okay, so let's go over a major triad really quick. Here's what it sounds like. All right, let me play this in a few different keys because it's really important that you're hearing it in different keys, different settings, and adjusting your ear to it. All right, so this is our first step. It's just recognizing what this sounds like. And now the major triad, a lot of people recognize that sound. It's a pretty common chord. It's a pretty common sound. So you might already find that one easy. You might not. But just 
training yourself to hear that is the very first step to recognize it. Now, how do you practice this for yourself, right? How do you practice this? Well, it's pretty simple. Just get together with a friend who, who plays a chordal instrument and just have them play a bunch of different kinds of qualities of chords and train yourself to learn them, to recognize them. Okay, begs the next question. What qualities of chords should you know? Okay, what qualities of chords should you memorize? Well, here's a whole list of them that you should know. Okay, the first one is major triad. Okay, we just listened to it. Then the minor triad. Then augmented triads and diminished triads. They all have different sounds. Those are the four qualities of triads. The minor has that flat third in it. The augmented has a major third and a sharp five. The diminished has a flat third and a flat five. Okay, now there's five qualities of basic seventh chords that you're going to want to be able to hear. And that's major seven, dominant seven, minor seven, half diminished, and diminished seven. Okay, major seven, dominant seven, minor seven, half diminished, and diminished seven. Now I do have on our blog, I do have actually a little bit of a recognition test on the website. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Uh, But if you want to just look it up straight from the website, go to learnjazzstandards.com. In the search bar, look for ear training chord recognition. There's a little quiz there that can help you train a little bit on this. But outside of that, it's just a matter of having a friend or someone to play these chords for you and test you on them. Okay. So you want to learn all those different qualities of chords. Now let's go over step two, which is sing the arpeggio of the chords you're learning to hear. Okay, sing the arpeggio. So again, this brings this to the next level. You're hearing a reference note, so the first note in the chord, and then you're being prompted to sing up from there. And so I'm gonna be uh, demonstrating this for you right now on on, a, on several different qualities of chords because we just went over major. I think it'd be helpful to hear different kinds of chords. Uh, and I'm gonna be using actually tracks from the quizzes on our ear training course, How to Play What You Hear. Um, this is the kind of stuff that we have in the quizzes for training. So I'm gonna be using these uh, to practice. Essentially how these tracks work is you're gonna hear a reference note and then I'm going to sing an arpeggio in the spaces and then There's going to be a piano that's going to check my work and play the arpeggio for me, and I'll be able to know whether I sang the chord correctly or not. Okay, so let's start with a minor triad, something pretty simple. A minor triad, I'm just dealing with the root, the flat third, and the fifth. Okay, so here I'm going to take a little practice singing arpeggio track and do this. All right, nailed it. You see what I did there? I heard that reference pitch. I sang the minor triad ascending from there, the arpeggio, and then I listened for the piano to test to see if I got it correct. Okay. Now, this is where knowing your intervals can be really important. Ultimately, we just want to be able to hear these sounds in our head and be able to do them with the recognition. We just hear that sound and immediately know what it is. But this is where learning intervals is really important because... If I understand the way a chord is constructed, in this case, it's a minor triad. It's the root, the flat three, and the fifth. The flat three being a minor third. So if I know what a minor third interval sounds like, that's the root to the flat three, then I'm in good hands. So da-da, da-da, that's a minor third interval. So I already got the first note, the first transition of the arpeggio. Da-da. Now... If I know what a perfect fifth interval sounds like, that means I can know what that what that note is in reference to the root. So, 
do da. That's a perfect fifth interval. So I can tie it together, do do da. Right. The other way I can do it is think about it as that first interval is a minor third, do da. Okay. Now, what is the relationship between the flat three and the five? Da da. Do you know that interval? Let me sing it one more time for you. Da da. Da da. Okay, if you said that is a major third interval, you're correct. So essentially, what a minor triad is, it's a minor third and a major third stacked on top of each other. Do da da. Okay, so you can methodically break it apart like that with intervals. That could be very helpful. Again, ultimately, we just want to get to the level where we're able to do this immediately. All right, let's go to another chord. Let's go to a major seventh chord. Okay, add that extra note on top here. Do the same exact thing. I'm going to hear a reference pitch, sing the major seventh arpeggio, and then listen back. Okay, a little high from my range, but I got that one. Let me try another one. Let's do a dominant seventh chord. So the only difference between a dominant seventh and a major seventh is the flat seven. Okay, so I'm going to choose a different key uh, to keep my ears fresh here. Okay, for kicks, let's try one more here. Let's do the half diminished chord arpeggio. So this is also the minor seven flat five, same thing. And the formula is root flat three, flat five, flat seven. Root flat three, flat five, flat seven. Okay, so let me do a track here. Do, 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 da. Here's what this one sounds like, by the way, just for the recognition sake. So for this one, I'm just thinking a diminished triad because the first three notes of the chord are diminished triad. And what is a diminished triad in intervals? It's two minor thirds. Do, do, do. Okay, that's two minor thirds stacked on top of each other. That's a diminished triad. And then I'm just hearing that flat seven on top of that. Now, what is the interval between that flat five and the flat seven? Let's listen to it. So it's do, 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 do. What is that interval? Do, do. That is a major third interval. So we have two minor thirds and then a major third stacked on top. So do, 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 da. Okay, that's a half diminished arpeggio I just sang right there. Okay, now how do you practice this on your own? Okay, this is really important, right? How do we actually apply this? Okay, you can start with just two chord qualities. Like just start with a few. You don't need to start with a lot because again, this is training. We need to train ourselves to hear this. I find if you overdo it, it's hard to truly train. Start with two chord qualities. Maybe start with just major triads and minor triads. Play any note on your instrument. You don't need a friend this time. Just play any note on your instrument and then sing the ascending arpeggios, okay? So if you're a piano player, you play a note, you sing up from there. If you're a saxophone player, you play the note and then you sing up from there. Guitar player, I mean, you name the instrument, you can do this. Okay, then change up the reference note, right? 
try different keys. You heard when I was just practicing there, I was using different keys. That's important because your ears are going to hear things differently. And even if you can, try different registers. Although I know that if you get too high or too low, a lot of people aren't going to be able to sing it anymore. But you can always bring things up or down an octave. That's okay. And that's good practice in and of itself. Okay, so that's how you do it. Just keep changing up the reference note. All you need is to sit down with your instrument, play a note, and start singing these. And just practice them in batches and really focus on one or two at a time and then move on from there. Okay, let's start onto on the third way to practice. Okay, the third way to really know your chords, which is to be singing the chord tones. Okay, singing the chord tones. This is really important. This takes the ear training to yet another level to make sure... You have it. And again, I'm going to be using some tracks from the quizzes that we use in the ear training course we're coming out with in October, How to Play What You Hear. So the way this one works is you're going to hear a reference, or sorry, you're going to hear a reference chord. I was about to say reference note. You have a reference chord. So you're going to hear a chord being played, and then you'll be prompted to sing a particular chord tone in there. Okay. So let's start with a dominant seventh chord. I'm going to go through a dominant seventh chord and go through tracks that prompt me to sing each chord tone, and I'm basically going to be singing each one, and then I'll talk about it. Okay, here we go. Sing the root. Do. All right, for this one, I'm really listening in for that bass note because I happen to know that all these chords are in root position. They're in closed root position, which is a really important place, I think, to start with with ear training. You don't want to be confusing yourself with inversions, all that stuff at first. You really just want to be practicing with root position, closed position chords, okay? So I was listening in. What's that bass note, okay? And that's important because it can really help you identify other chord tones unless you're able just to pick them out right away. But a lot of times you're going to want to start with just hearing that bass note first and then singing up the intervals. Again, important to know your intervals in order to execute this at least from the start. Okay, I'm going to do another one. I'm going to do the third this time. I'm going to change up the key. Again, that's important because I don't want to keep my ear... Uh, comfortable with hearing that same key. So here's another one. Sing the third. Da. Okay, so again, if, if you're not used to doing this, if you're starting from square one, it could be helpful just to first listen to that root note and then sing a major third. Make sure you have your intervals down. Sing a major third up from there. Okay, let's move on to the fifth. Sing the fifth. All right, I whistled that one there instead. And again, it doesn't really matter if you're singing it or whistling or humming as long as you're producing that sound yourself. Okay, the last one, the flat seven. Sing the flat seventh. Okay, does this make sense how to do this? Uh, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's not simple if you've never done this before. Again, it requires training, but it's all about just training your ears to hear those sounds. Uh, in the case of the flat seven there, I know that this is uh, a chord that's built from the root up. So I know that the flat seven is the highest note I can be listening for, right? But ultimately I just want to get to a point where I can hear any chord and just be able to pick out those chord tones by myself without having to use intervals or anything like that. But that takes training first. You have to practice it first. All right, let's do a few more of these, but I'm just going to do random chord qualities. So uh, let's try, I'm not going to even, I'm not going to even say which chord quality this is. Okay. I'm just going to go and play several through and be prompted of the chord tones to sing. And I'm going to sing them. All right, here we go. 
Sing the flat fifth. Now this one can be tricky. This is a fully diminished chord, by the way. This one can be tricky because that flat fifth, that's a tritone from the root. So what I do first is I'm just really listening in for that root. Where is the lowest note? And I know that the flat fifth is a tritone interval, and I know my tritone interval. So I can sing up from there. Outside of that, it's just simply hearing that happen. So this is one of the trickier ones uh, right there. You have to really listen in. And, and it's also hard to sing perfectly in tune uh, the flat five, the tritone. That's okay. It's all about just practicing. Now let's do another one. Sing the flat seventh. Okay, now this next track I'm going to do is actually a chord extension, okay? It's actually a chord extension, or I'm going to actually do an altered extension. This is kind of the next level after learning your basic triads and learning your basic seventh chords is adding those extensions on top, which are the ninth, the eleventh, the thirteenth. And of course, depending on the quality of chord, you can alter those chord tones. Okay, so let me try one. Sing the ninth. Okay, so with that one, that was a major seventh uh, chord, what was a major ninth chord, and I was just starting from scratch, really. I was listening to that bass note, and then I was singing the ninth, and the easy way to do that is just know what a major second interval is, because, right, it's the same thing. Major second and a major ninth, the same thing, just the major ninth is uh, an octave over, right? It's an octave above uh, the major second, so that's one way to do that. Uh, is just to be able to hear that, just to pick that out with those intervals. Again, intervals, so important. Now, how do you practice this at home? You can probably guess some ways already, um, but the best way is, again, get together with a friend, okay? Get together with somebody else, someone to practice with, or you can record yourself doing this too, okay? Record exactly those tracks I just did and have a chord being played for you and then prompt you to sing the root, the third, the fifth, or the seventh, or again, even the extensions, if you want, of the chords you're hearing. And just try yourself on different um, chord qualities and such. But again, I always suggest starting with just a few at a time and building your way up. Start with those triads, then move to the basic se- seventh chords, and then move on to extensions and alterations. Okay, does that make sense? So get together with a friend. Okay, so really quickly, let me go over what we just did. We learn to recognize the chord, okay? We use the major triad as an example, and that's just simply hearing it over and over and over again so that just sinks in, right? You just recognize that sound. And the second step was sing the arpeggio. So you hear the reference note and you sing the arpeggio up. The third step was to sing the chord tones. You hear a chord being played and be able to sing the root, third, fifth, or seventh of that chord that you're hearing, right? Okay, Let's all practice this. This is really important stuff. This brings us to another level here. And coming up on our next episode, we're going to talk about chord progression. So working on these chords is really important. All right, that is all for today's episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And remember, if you want to get notified about our new ear training course, How to Play What You Hear, which is coming out in October, you can do that by going to www.howtoplaywhatyouhear.com and signing up there. I'm going to be giving out some freebies a little closer to the launch. That's coming out in October. And really, this course goes over a lot of the stuff that we're doing here, but in much more depth, a lot more handholding. So that's howtoplaywhatyouhear.com. 
www.thepowerhouse.com. Okay, now if you got some value out of today's episode, I'd really appreciate you help us out by going to iTunes, leave a rating and review that helps other people find this podcast. And you can just share this episode or other episodes that you enjoy with your friends. Thanks in advance. It's a really great way to help us out keep producing this podcast. Right, next week we're talking all about hearing chord progressions. That's on episode 80. Look forward to seeing you back then. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.